Hey, last week we talked about trauma and it was kind of heavy talking about all the different ways that we can help students who have, you know, experienced trauma in their lives and that all the conversations that, that 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 podcast caused really made me start thinking about how all of our students learn differently and how important it is that every single teacher be given the the resources that they need to be able to help all these students because i mean we know all students learn differently, whether they've been exposed to trauma, whether they haven't, whether they have learning differences, um, learning disabilities, whether they have cognitive disabilities. And even though teachers might struggle to figure out how to account for all those differences in the classroom on a daily basis, every teacher knows that kids learn differently. So today, I want to talk about some ways that we can account for learning differences in the classroom so that we can help all of our students succeed. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. So I once had a professor who commented very snarkily, It would be so nice if all our students learned the same way, but that isn't reality. And I remember being just angry about that comment at that time. And I totally skipped that class as often as possible from then on out. I mean, you know, I learned differently. Clearly, my differences were just a nuisance to him, right? Uh, It just my attitude was terrible. I know that. I, but my, my thought was, well, I'll just make your life easier by removing my learning differences from your setting. Yeah, I, I know, terrible attitude, but that comment, it, it really shed some light on what my expectations were for my classroom. Yes, I wanted to teach kids to read and write and do math, and I wanted to work with kids and support them through that whole childhood journey thing. But another big reason that I wanted to be a teacher was honestly selfish. I didn't want to be stuck in a cubicle doing the same thing every day. I wanted to go to a job that was unpredictable and that would make me roll with the punches. Okay, so I got a lot more than I bargained for, especially, you know, this school year. But the fact remains I never expected my classroom to be perfect and all my students to learn the same way. That variety is what I, I really wanted. I, I craved it. Honestly, when I try to picture a classroom where everyone learns the exact same way, it's boring. It's super boring. I don't want to teach there. So no, professor, I don't think it would be nice at all. Yeah, I harbor a little bit of irritation toward that professor to this day. 
Okay, but that doesn't change the fact that accommodating all the learning differences in our classrooms is a lot of work. It is time-consuming and downright frustrating a lot of the time. It takes a level of thought that is, it's exhausting, and the creativity, it stretches me every year. But dang, it would be so boring if all our students learned this exact same way, right? There'd be no reason for innovation. It reminds me of this teacher that we had in high school. She had written her class notes on like those big, you remember those big spools of paper? Okay, I'm really old. But it was like a big just spool of paper. And she she just wrote her notes on that spool, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. I don't know. And then she, every year she would start at the beginning and just work her way through those notes. So every single class period was the exact same boring nap fest. And at the end of the year, she just spooled the notes back up to the beginning again. Yeah. So that meant her tests were the same year to year. Yeah, that was, that was I'm certain, great for everybody, you know, copying and cheating. But like all the quizzes were the same. Because they're based on the notes that never changed. She did the exact same projects and just, oh, just thinking about it. It, it's, it makes me want to take a nap. Seriously, it had to have been so boring. I was lucky I never had her, but I heard the stories. No one wanted to take her class because, you know, duh. But I remember my senior year. You know, when you're like a cool senior in high school and the teachers are like, they get a little comfortable and they start talking around you and stuff. I remember them sitting around and just kind of chatting about her and that dang roll of paper. And they were kind of joking around about how lost she would be if somebody lit that thing on fire. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, I know several of my friends thought very seriously about lighting that stupid thing on fire because, I mean, she would have been lost, right? But here's the thing. If my old professor was right, wouldn't she have been like the happiest teacher on campus? Wouldn't that old history teacher that, you know, had her notes and everything was exactly the same year to year, she should have been like the happiest person on campus, right? She did everything exactly the same year to year. It was all set up, <clears throat> required literally no more effort each year than to make the copies of her tests. But here's the thing. She was probably the single most miserable teacher on that campus. She was the least in touch with the students. She basically saw no point in working with kids and she could not wait to retire. There was no challenge left in it for her. There was no value. The obvious answer to everyone but her was to shake things up a bit. And I honestly doubt that that ever happened. So she was miserable. Her students were miserable. And she seemed to think that that was what education was all about. Looking back on her classroom and her spool of notes... It just makes me so glad for the things that keep me moving forward and changing up what I do and what we do in education. 
So learning differences really are the main thing that keep teachers changing up what they're doing year to year. Okay, yeah, we complain about the different curriculum and the different benchmarks and all that. But if we're honest, truly honest, if the curriculum didn't change, most of us would still be changing the way we do things anyway. That's just what we do. We innovate to help reach more students every single year. But like I said before, it is exhausting. So let's talk about some easy ways that we can accommodate more learning differences in our classrooms with as little effort as possible, because we're already putting an awful lot of effort in. We need to scale that back a little bit. The first thing that we can do is just to get to know how our students learn. I know it sounds simple, right? There's a whole bunch of free learning style like surveys out there for just about every age band, maybe not pre-K because you know they're little and they don't really know what how they learn yet, but just about every other age band you can find it. And just getting to know that bit of information makes it a lot easier to think of ways to include those styles in our lessons or projects. If you take it just one step further, and teach the students about their own learning styles, then you help them to understand more about themselves as well as encourage them to try expanding their skills into different areas. Lots of students really benefit from stretching their skills into those those less comfortable learning styles. And then of course, we all like to you know, lean back on that comfortable learning style when the going gets tough or the topic is really difficult. Another easy way to accommodate for learning differences is planning for choices for activities. So for example, if you can find ways to allow students to choose to be partners or maybe work independently, that helps students to work in ways that are just are more optimal for them. Another choice that you could allow is maybe instead of writing an essay, the student could create a presentation for the class. Obviously, if you need a writing grade, then, you know, you're much more limited, I know. But finding ways to allow students to show what they know in different ways helps to keep kids engaged. And you may be very pleasantly surprised at what the students know, but maybe they struggle to show you in the specific ways that we've been asking them in the past. One easy way that I like to incorporate learning differences is during that independent work time. I try to play some classical music. I know it sounds a little weird, but I have found that it helps to keep students who struggle to focus on task. And those students who are more musically inclined find it easier to learn the material and remember it for later on. Added bonus, it tends to keep the students quiet so that they can hear the music while they work. And, you know, I like anything that keeps me from having to constantly remind students to keep their voices low so others can concentrate. Finally, while working with students in a small group, you could work on teaching the students more about their learning styles, kind of like I talked about before, as well as their specific strengths relating to how they learn. By teaching the students what their strengths are, you can open up a world of things that students can do. 
This is especially important for struggling learners who spend so much of their time dealing with things that are hard for them to understand or accomplish or do. I have a freebie. It, it helps me with this a lot. It's called Appreciating Differences. It's literally differentiated for different reading and skill levels. I'll post the link in the show notes like always for you, but you can find it in my TPT store. It's Teaching Struggling Learners, so it's right there. That It really has helped my students gain a better understanding of their own capabilities, plus a little boost to their self-esteem, their self-image. It can't hurt. So I hope that you can use some of those suggestions in your classroom. Let me know how they work for you. And until next time, may your coffee be strong, your activities fun, and your post-its plentiful. Bye. Bye.